0: retail industry. I feel today the retail space in India is uh, one of the most dynamic and uh, evolving marketplaces of our country, right? So working in this space uh, means you're part of a diverse set of activities which would involve uh, things like buying and merchandising, store operations, category management, staffing, sales and marketing, just to name a few. So, on this episode of MBA Inside Out, uh, we have with us uh, Yuvraj Gogia, who is uh, currently working as an assistant manager under the marketing wing of the uh, Lance Brands for its uh, luxury products. Prior to this, uh, Yuvraj worked with uh, Wildcraft India, which is uh, considered to be one of the re- leading uh, retail brands of our country. Right. So, on this episode, we talked to him about um, retail management. About how to manage uh, retail brands and uh, retail outlets in this country. And um, he also shared some of his experiences of uh, being a manager in the retail space. I am Aditya Ayer. Be right back with my co host Sumit Ghatani and our guest Yuvraj Gogia on this episode of uh, MBA Inside Out. Welcome back, everyone, to the MBA Inside Out podcast. Uh, welcome, Yuvraj, to the first episode of our show. Um, to start off, um, I'd say I think Yuvraj, uh, to be a part of the retail space in a country like India, which is uh, so diverse in so many aspects, is a very interesting place to start your career in a domain like sales and marketing. Now, I'll tell you why I say that. Uh, Every time I have uh, come across an individual, either from the retail space or uh, the FMCG space, I've got some very interesting perspectives about um, the customers and the consumers of our country. The reason being, um, people like you who are uh, out in the markets operating stores in the length and breadth of this country probably know the customers at a very Local level, right? So, um, Yuvraj, uh, to start this conversation, it would be really great if you could, um, you know, briefly touch upon, uh, what is retail management and uh, how your journey started into the retail space. I think that would be uh, a good place to start this conversation. Yeah, hi. Uh, very good
1: evening, everyone. Uh, this is Yuvraj Kogia and i thank Aditya and sumit for you know inviting me to this uh, podcast which i think the idea is very noble the idea is very innovative for aspiring you know aspiring b school students and aspiring uh, corporate managers uh, to have a good uh, insight uh, insights into you know how the job descriptions pan out actually in the corporate world and how the uh, campus tra- transition basically the transition from campus to corporate uh, pans out so uh, i am an mba from sabm Bangalore, uh, batch of 2018 And my first, uh, my campus placement was at Wildcraft India Private Limited, uh, based out of Bangalore. So uh, when I just, when when the JD was presented to me, the JD uh, on uh, the campus, it was of a retail manager. And it was very clearly mentioned that I would be assigned a particular set of stores, uh, which uh, I'll have to manage in a particular city or a territory. And uh, if possible, I maybe even assigned some modern trade counters along with that. Okay. Uh, So when I joined the company, I even remember the date very distinctly, it it was on 16th of April, 2018, there was a 10-day induction held in Bangalore based out of the head office and we were introduced to several functions in the company, the function heads, uh, the manufacturing and operations facilities in Bangalore and Karnataka. And then uh, a week later, we were assigned our uh, locations and I being a Delhi guy and, you know, having started in Bangalore for a couple of years, I was hoping that I get either Bangalore or Delhi since I was familiar with all these locations. But uh, I got Mumbai, and it was kind of a shock for me, okay, because a new city, I didn't know anyone there, I don't have any relatives there, I'd been there just once, maybe for, I had was an IPL match at the Vankre Stadium in 2015, but that was about it, okay, and uh, so uh, when I was assigned the territory, so I had to call with my 2B boss, uh, Mr. Satya Surup Sahu, who at, the, at uh, that point of time, who was a branch manager for Mumbai was taking care of the entire Mumbai territory. So all channels, be it retail, modern trade, general trade, or the corporate uh, business that we have in Mumbai. So I had a short call with him. I understood that uh, what is the role going to be about, but still at that point of time, I didn't have a clarity about my role. I was just told, okay, you are being sent to Bombay. But at that point of time, I didn't know whether I was being assigned general trade or modern trade or retail. So uh, when I had that conversation with him, I just, uh, you know, I sneaked in my internship details, which I had uh, I had interned at Puma Sports India Private Limited in the summer of 2017, based out of the Indira Nagar office in Bangalore, and that happened to be in retail. So, in fact, that internship was the one that gave me an insight into the retail world, first of all, because even in the first year of my MBA, while we were studying the classroom concepts, we had retail management in the second semester, but I never had that, uh, you know, idea of going to a retail store, spending some time there. How, you know, how it is a golden channel for understanding your consumers, even in the current times, I would say. Because, yes, in, in fact, just yes, last evening, I was at a pre- one of the premium malls in Delhi. Uh, and I was visiting this a brand for, you know, which I'm working right now with Steve Madden, uh, owned by Reliance Brands Limited in India. And I just realized that, you know, even though a large chunk of my work right now is revolving around the online channel, but the retail channel, it just offers you a priceless opportunity to directly interact with your consumers that no other channel does. Okay, with machine learning or with Facebook and Google Insights, you can still, with all the marketing automation, you know, software of the world, you can get it and insight into your consumer, but that is very, you know, machine and mechanical. The human-to-human, basically, interaction that this channel provides is just priceless. And I just hope that whenever we are out of this COVID, as the vaccination rates are picking up in India, as we are hitting that, you know, 40 to 50 lakh average daily, once we are out of this, you know, I see... So, if uh, the listeners are familiar with the concept of the roaring 20s in 1920s when we saw a specific boom in certain industries after the depression so this is what i see in this industry that uh, uh, the concept of revenge spending and revenge travel are already being discuss- discussed right so people are just you know they're just they just want to go out they just want to shop or they just want to travel while i would recommend that is uh you know suitable only with a uh, COVID appropriate behavior. I'm not, you know, uh, saying anything that that COVID appropriate behavior should not be there, but, uh, within the limits, within the guidelines, I believe, you know, uh, people will go out and people will purchase. Yeah.
0: Yuraj, uh, so w- when you started, right. Um, and for sure people who are starting out right now, so retail management, this, this term is pretty broad and you know, it, it can be, yeah. um, a little bit difficult to understand what it entails and what do you do actually, yeah. right? So, if you could just briefly let us know, like in one or two sentences, what exactly do you mean by retail management? You know what actually happens there. Sure.
1: So, uh, in the retail, uh, in retail management, there are certain levers that we have to manage. Okay. The most important lever is the store. Okay. So we say the three S's of retail management. Okay. This was a very uh, you know a basic concept taught to me when I just joined Wildcraft in twenty eighteen. So those three S's are store, staff, and stock, okay? Once we take care of these three S's, uh, you know, then we have done a major chunk of our work when it comes to retail management. So starting with the store, so what kind of a store do you have, okay? Like uh, we define the area of a store by a term known as carpet area carpet area so basically the wildcraft stores which i was managing first of all they were from a carpet area of 350 to 400 square feet okay now uh, in in this area basically this area is a temple so basically what we say is that if brands are a religion then stores are our temples so in this area how is your you know display there okay what kind of display are you what kind of categories are you highlighting what kind of uh, merchandise are you highlighting to the customer? Uh, if you want to control certain retail metrics, which I'll come to later, but I'm just elaborating, so ASQ of the store, which is the average selling price, or the average bill value of the store, which is known as average ticket value ATV, what kind of products do you want to push? What is a new collection that you want to highlight? Right? How is your hygiene of the store? Okay? How is the store appealing? Whether it is tempting enough to attract footfalls or not? Okay? All these factors come into play. Uh, secondly, as I mentioned, the second is the staff. Now, staff is what separates basically the touch and feel factor and the human-to-human connect is what separates this channel from the online channel, right? So, staff has to be well-trained, first of all. So, Wildcraft as a brand was more into, you know, technical products, okay? So, technical products, they had to be trained. Basically, you have to know what you are selling. So, uh, at Wildcraft, the most technical product we had was a rucksack, which is also known as a trekking bag. Now, this is kind of a product which a person may even take to Mount Everest. And this kind of a product is can be a difference between life and death, right? If someone is even going to Mount Everest or a Kilimanjaro, right? So now store staff they need to be trained to such a level that the consumer is convinced that okay, this guy knows so much about the product, he is telling me all the details, and uh, they needed to be trained in such a way that the customer is you know fully convinced that this product is good enough for me. Then uh, for technical products, there had to be you know in, enough training then their you know hygiene first of all the store uniform the grooming how they are looking are they clean shaven or not okay even if they have a beard you know whether it is neatly trimmed or not right what kind of shoes are they wearing are they wearing wildcroft shoes i hope they are not wearing any competitor shoes right uh, so and mumbai man the thing is that uh, these these store staff you know they try, used to travel by the local trains they used to live far away so even that the hot and humid weather that is there in mumbai so there was a clear instruction that even when you reach the store you have to you know just groom yourself in front of the mirror and look very presentable to the customer okay and combining the first two aspects that i spoke about store and staff so we had a very innovative concept in the store so you know to express and to portray our expertise in the outdoors so every store in mumbai or every valka store in even in bangalore or delhi had a concept of a community wall which was there right just behind the billing counter. so community wall would just highlight some locations near the city which would be ideal trekking locations. So near Mumbai, there would be, you know, places like Lonawala or some Pune and some other treks. Near Bangalore, it would be your Kurk uh, or some other treks. I'm not even remembering the names now. And near Delhi, there would be obviously your hills of Himachal and Uttarakhand. Okay. Now, all these store staff, uh, when I was in my second stint in, in the Pan-India Retail Marketing and Operations role, I made it a point that all these store staff, uh, whether, wherever they were spread in the country, they were trained and they knew, you know, if a customer suddenly asks, yahan ka kya laga rakha hai. so people used to come and ask, service provider, okay? do you take us to treks? But that was not the intent uh, for our company. So intent was that we basically know. Ki agar aapko yahan pe jana hai, so what kind of goods do you want to take? What kind of bag do you want to take? And what kind of challenges this location will present to you? Whether this is a high-intensity trek or a moderate trek or an easy trek, what kind of weather conditions can you expect, expect, whether there would be enough rainfall or not? right so these kind of uh, details they had to be aware so that in the uh, in this uh, concept both the store and the staff are coming into the picture okay okay so third one uh, the third s is stock okay now stock uh, basically as a retail manager uh, when i was uh, working out of my uh, out of bombay in my first stint, i had to be just uh, ensured that so there is something called the indent quantity which is also known as iq in retail terms okay So for every store, a indent quantity is set by the merchandiser. So merchandiser basically was a guy who was sitting out of the head office in Bangalore at Wildcraft, he used to plan the IQ for each and every store. So we had about 150 stores and he used to plan the IQ for uh, each and every store in, you know, partnership with the uh, regional sellout managers. Okay. So regional sellout managers were four people, one each for North, East, South and West. Okay. So they used to plan the IQ. And IQ is basically something which is automatic. So the indent quantity is set and it is, you know, uh, feed uh, into the system. It is fed into the system and it will or the quantity will automatically get replenished as per that set IQ. Now, when that uh, quantity has been defined, as a retail manager, I had to spend enough time on the floor. So uh, when I was working in Mumbai, uh, took a couple of Saturdays in the month were working. Okay. So on days when I was working from Monday to Saturday or, or in the two weeks when I was working from Monday to Friday, Except Monday, all my days were spent at one of the stores in Mumbai. So since I had this opportunity of interacting with the customer right on the ground, I was interacting with the store people, I was serving the competitor brands around me. Okay, I knew what was selling well at this mall or what was selling well at the store or not. I had to give my suggestions for the intent quality to my R. Uh, RSOM, which was a regional sellout manager for West, and then they would pass in in turn pass their suggestions to the uh, central merchandiser so i had to you know take care that uh, whether some ind- uh, agar kuch indian quantity product specified hai, and it's selling well then why isn't it reaching my source so a classic example would be i had just joined uh and taken over the reins of the mumbai territory in the first week of may 2018 okay and just a month later we were about to hit our peak season so the peak season for the brand uh, wildcraft in mumbai is the culmination of the rainy season as well as a back to school season, which used to be a thing, but it is not presently, unfortunately. But yes, so in June, your the monsoon hits Mumbai, and the children are just you know buying their school backpacks as the new season of schools is about to begin. And sometime in the um, month of um, June, in the month of mid June, when monsoons were almost you know at the peak and it was raining, uh, my RCT City store, City store in Ghatkopar, uh, which is in Mumbai, central Mumbai, it ran out of rain ponchos so rain ponchos is basically a product which is not a raincoat kind of a shortened version of a raincoat okay and it was selling well at other stores right so what i had to do i had to speak to the central merchandiser but they gave me a timeline that okay, was, nah toh, hafta lag ponch okay so what what kind of intervention i had to do i had to you know just uh, build a sales forecast for all my other stores or where i excess see excess. I had to get that internally transferred from other Mumbai stores to the RCT Ghatkoper store because that was my second best store in Mumbai after the Bandra Linking Road store. So, this kind of interventions we had to do regarding the stock. So, once we have controlled all these levers, right, once your store staff are trained, their incentives are in place, they are motivated to sell, right, the store is appealing enough, your hygiene is in place, your display is sorted, your visual merchandising is in place, and your stock is set, okay. These are the three major levers that you have to control on managing a retail store.
2: I think, uh, Yuvraj, the 3S analogy beautifully encapsulates the entire retail experience. And uh, I'm sure, you know, people looking forward to retail will have this mantra by their hand always. But I'm sure, you know, this yeah. comes from your uh, from your year of experience at Wildcraft. But mm-hmm. uh, when you started fresh out of B school, you know, you directly went to your
1: management as a trainee.
2: So, yeah. uh, how exactly your day-to-day uh, functions look like? How how your day looked like?
1: Yeah, uh, when I first started, uh, so when I, I, I'll in fact uh, just build a story around this. So, I, I'm very good with dates, by the way. So, I remember the dates on 20th of April. It was a Saturday in 2018. So, I reached the, so I had taken a flight from uh, Bangalore to Bombay. Okay. And since the Bombay airport is in Santa Cruz and the Wildcraft office also happens to be in Santa Cruz. So my boss had told me to direct airport say Santago's office aajana. okay and I was anxious because uh, I had to read I, have, I had hadn't been told that I will be taking charge of the retail challenge, okay uh, I was uh, kind of uh, the tales I had heard about general trade, I was kind of you know uh, thought us apprehensive that general trade was in aness, you know especially in a city like Mumbai, where I don't know anything about it, right So when I reached uh, he had he when I reached the office I had I reached reached you know Uh, suitcase and everything so he asked me to drink a glass of water it was pretty humid he uh, took me to the meeting room and he just understood my background and then uh, gave me a background into the wildcraft uh, business in the the mumbai region basically all the channels as i told about earlier modern trade trade retail and the corporate business and then he finally came to the point that uh, since you have done a retail internship at puma and we see that uh, know you are aware of retail and they had tested me on retail in my final interview as well in fact on campus as well uh, uh, about the retail metrics so i believe that left an impression and he told me that i'll be given the retail channels so this happened to be a saturday and he just uh, we had a couple of hours session and then he told okay chalo i was living in a guest house at that point of time and he said chalo we'll start on monday now so monday uh, when i reached the office i was supposed to take a handover from the outgoing retail manager for mumbai okay so during this handover what he told me was that I had to visit all the stores one by one in Mumbai. So there were nine stores at that point of time, Uh, right? So I had to visit every store, I had to, you know, and I had to visit as a guest, basically. I had to do a silent reiki of the store, observe that whether things were in place or not. And then it began, so the local chronicles began as I would like to call it. So in fact, uh, during this whole week from Monday to Thursday, in fact, I traveled around all the lines of the mumbai local. so people who are aware of the mumbai local. so there are three lines the western line the central line and the harbor line and there was one fine day when i traveled in three lines together okay to you know complete my store visits and in that heat so this was kind of you know i was straight out of my comfort zone uh, not aware of this new city and you know being a guy from delhi who is uh, accustomed to the delhi metro the lo- mumbai local was kind of a very you know out of my comfort zone all the way So I visited all these stores and as a silent Reiki, I had been given basically a store checklist. So basically all the three factors that I had mentioned, right, the three S's. So all these, uh, the checklists that I had been given, they revolved around all these things in the store, whether the staff was dressed appropriately or not, whether the merchandise was being displayed currently or not, okay? So there is something called as cut sizes in retail and in e-commerce as well. So when the products are being displayed, okay, so if a particular T-shirt has been displayed, so it should be in a particular order, like starting from S. So if, if the product is ranging from small to XL, so small, medium, large, XL, double XL, it should be in that order and there should be no cut sizes when a customer is browsing. So this is also a very important factor that I was you know, told to you know uh, just uh, evaluate to every store that I was visiting. And then when I completed the store visits uh, in this fine week, then I got a handover of basically the business, what the business looks like, okay? Uh, that uh, what kind of categories are we selling what is our uh, what was our target for April what are we targeting in May and June how do we want to accomplish that I was given all the training there, and then finally when the person who was I was getting the handover from when he was about to leave so what my day looked like was as I described uh, just moments earlier Monday I would be in office at the San- at the Santa Cruz West office you know planning for the week and reviewing the week that had gone by we had some weekly reviews with the with my boss and super boss in the bombay office and then from tuesday saturday whichever saturday was working i would be in one of the stores i would be working out of the store and interacting with the customers knowing their uh, what are the requirements and everything in fact uh, may was a kind of a you know a business has started picking up but june and july they were like the priceless months spent on the floor so june and july I mean, like customers I, in fact i remember Uh, One fine day, uh, I was in the Bandra store from, say, in the morning 10 a.m. till uh, late night 10 p.m. and all the team was there and we had uh, done a business of, say, around, I believe 6 lakhs on that particular day, which was like an all-time high for the brand, okay. Uh, And then, this was one uh, Friday evening and Saturday, Sunday also had to be in one of the stores where I was leading an activity known as Camp Champs. So, when I speak about the retail channel, I would say that in retail, you're not just selling a product, but an experience, right? So as I mentioned earlier, we had combined our, uh, in the month of June, the seasons of rain and the season of back to school backpacks, they came into being, and an activity was proposed by the head office that uh, we would be combining these two. So this activity had been under a, t- a trial run in the Bangalore stores. And then I was given the responsibility of carrying this activity out in Bombay stores, which was known as Camp Champs. Okay now this required your uh, kids coming inside the stores okay they had to pitch a wildcraft tent which was a very easy which was a very easy thing to do because it's a very basic thing and even a, a 3 or 4 year old could easily do it okay so we had to you know measure that uh, how the tent was being pitched the time timestamp against it we had to note down the timestamps and this activity was carried out over two weekends at our open facade stores so the intent of carrying this activity out at open facade stores is because when something is happening, right, it creates that buzz around the store. And that, okay, something is happening, which will in turn, you know, attract footfall inside the store. So we did these uh, this activity at four of our stores. So the first one was uh, Kurla, Phoenix Market City, Kurla, where personally I was positioned over both the weekends. The second one was RCT City, The third one was Seawoods, Navi, Mumbai. And the fourth one was Bandra. So even though Bandra was not an open facade store, but we still carried out the activity because it's a flagship store in the uh, region. So this activity led to a good amount of, you know, like a 40-50% growth over uh, last year in terms of sales. And it also generated a good amount of, you know, traction. We captured some priceless moments, which I still have, you know, saved uh, save in my phone gallery. I interacted with the uh, parents of the children that were coming in. It was very good to see the excitement. And uh, the intent was that while we are driving this activity, you know, to uh, for we are putting on a show we are attracting footfall we also had to convert the parents uh we had to also convert the customers that were coming inside our store in terms of you know uh parents so we uh, while while the parents were inside the store we uh you know the store staff had been clearly instructed to pitch uh, our rainwear products uh at that point of time because there was, was a heavy rain season in mumbai and uh obviously the children were you know pitched the school products so all in all this was like a first you know uh, like uh Good uh, insight for me as well, and uh, not just this activity. So while interacting with other people as well, I interacted with one uh, uh, this uh, once uh, sick couple who had come. So so even I happen to be a Punjabi, so I use my you know Punjabi language skills to how you know uh, to interact with that uh, Sadaji that had come in uh, with this in the store, and he also was very happy on meeting a Punjabi in Mumbai as it is not that common. So uh, we have this concept of big bills in retail, okay. So big bills, these vary across brands. So for instance, for, uh, for, for a brand like Valka, big bills were, uh, you know, somewhere in the range of 10 to 12,000. While I'm uh, presently working with the Lance Brands Limited, so for Steve Madden, the big bills would be in the range of 25 to 30,000 as it's a premium brand. So at that point of time, uh, a clear instruction was there for store staff uh, that you have to, you know, leverage big bills. And there was an incentive on it as well that if a store has done, say, X amount of big bills in a week or a month, they would get a certain commission uh, factored into their incentive. So big bills, they uh, this is where the upselling and cross selling comes into play. So when I, so this, uh, when I interacted with this uh, Sadarji, he happened to be my first big bill. So taking advantage of my, you know, that language factor and that familiarity, he used to go to his office, you know, on a scooter so, de, man, mein, keta ki, thale gir so uh, he bought a raincoat and then he bought uh, like school bags for his kids that were there a couple of kids that were there his wife also uh, required some protection in the rain in the rainy season so she also bought a women's raincoat for herself so this happened to me in the first big bill. and uh, it was a very good experience for me and just uh, similar experience even Uh, Another one that I remember that uh, this, so a particular customer came, he liked the color of a raincoat, but his, uh, you know, the size that he wanted wasn't there. So at that point of time, we didn't have the omni-channel system, which I'll be coming to later. At that point of time, we didn't have it in Wildcraft stores. So I promised him delivery that I'll personally come to your house and deliver it. You please pay the money right now. I promise you delivery by tomorrow. So what I did was, uh, since I was staying in uh, Santa Cruz East at that point of time, and this customer was living at a walking distance from my house. So that is why I made this promise. So what I did was, in one day, I arranged this stock from another store. And uh, I picked up uh, the stock when it was arranged. I picked it up from the store that was near to me, which was uh, Phoenix, Market City, Kurla, And I personally went to this customer's place and I delivered it to him. So I believe that uh, customer experience is basically, you know, the key part of retail. And as we go forward, we see more and more companies, you know, uh, uh, just rating themselves with this uh, philosophy of customer obsession, which was which is, in fact, pioneered by Amazon, right? So all the listeners, I would just urge you to just Google customer obsession related to Amazon and just read about it, how that company has, you know, just uh, mastered the craft of customer obsession and more and more brands are, uh, you know, just taking this forward. And when we speak about the concept of NPS, which is a net promoter score, this is where, you know, it comes into play, that how many people are your promoters and what kind of experience are you providing to them.
0: So, um, you, uh, you know, uh, the journey that you have told us right now. So, um, when, when each and every MBA graduate is, you know, getting out of this college, um, you know, everyone is having a perception that a manager only does X, Y, Z, right. Um, we are just sitting in cubicles and taking some strategic decisions and doing this, that, but, um, the actual picture is very different. Like you said, like, um, there is a lot of things that you do on a daily basis. Uh, you know, right from visiting stores, meeting customers, talking to them, um, executing different uh, programs on stores, activations, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. So, um, this myth around um, people uh, that uh, you know, straight out of MBA, you're just there to sit in cubicles, attend meetings, and you know, take some strategic decisions. Um, I think it really goes off as you begin uh, your stint with any company in this country, right? So yeah. I just wanted to ask, um, how was this transition for you? Because, um, being in a B school, you are in a very close environment with your peers, right? You just have to do a set of tasks and you are done. But when, when, once you're out of this program, right, um, as you said, your responsibilities are endless and you're supposed to do every single small thing, right? You don't carry a weight of a manager when you're doing all these tasks. So how was this transition for you, like from a B school into a corporate career?
1: So, Aditya, what you mentioned, even I was one of those guys. So, I still remember that, in fact, uh, the club that um, Aditya, Sumit and I have been associated with during uh, our years at SAB in Bangalore, Prism, right? So, I had my first Prism session when I was a junior, right, when I was in my first semester. I had my first Prism session in the month of July 2016, five years ago, right? And I was this guy who had come to be Okay, sophisticated job, MBA, cubicles, like you mentioned, right? And uh, so at that point of time the uh, uh, the person who conducted my first uh, marketing club session, the prism session was the president of the B school. so he had built certain impression on us, so we we respected him right so and when he said, pe, so in, in in the first prism session, he basically asked us pe ye expectation hai, that basically the expectations you know that we just spoke about right uh, so we all raised hands he said Okay, so this was kind of an eye-opener at that point of time. And so much that he told me, he told all of us, in fact, such harsh realities at that point of time that uh, both my roommate and I were present in that session. And when we went back to our rooms, we both said, HR, take le karke, okay. <laughs> because at that point of time, he was understanding that the expectations that we had basically would be, good, would uh, you know, they weren't uh, uh, practical in, out there in the corporate world. Uh, but yes, uh, as we went forward, Uh, uh, When our seniors got placed and a year later, we got to see their corporate experiences. So by the time our placements came about, we were prepared, right? So even though I had interned in a company which sort of has a sophisticated work culture like Puma, but still having spent a good amount of time at the retail stores and knowing how, you know, what is the, what does the uh, day-to-day, you know, happenings of day-to-day routine of an area sales manager looks like, even for a brand like Puma. I was aware I was mentally prepared and I had even told my parents that this is going, you know, this is because parents have that classic expectation that, you know, right? they have that expectation, but no, that wasn't to happen. And even, uh, I believe you, all the students that they pass out, they get some territories, right? So uh, that expectation is always there. So when this uh, transition came about, as I said, when I was first informed of Mumbai, the first thing that just struck me, you know, when it came to Mumbai was high rents right because when we look forward to start our first jobs we you know have that expectation that we'll be earning a good amount of money now so we'll be living that kind of you know a certain standard that we expect for ourselves we'll be enjoying our life we'll be independent and everything yeah right? we'll be traveling yeah uh so when when it struck me the first thing that came to my mind was okay high rents okay uh so uh, that kind of you know uh it uh, just bothered me and when i was in mumbai I, when I contacted the broker to see some houses, the first kind of houses. So obviously my office was in Santa Cruz West. Okay. So it's like, which is like a very posh locality in Mumbai and Shahrukh Khan's office also happens to be there, Red Chili's Entertainment. In fact, just walking distance from my office there. So obviously I was looking for places around the office because I was new to Mumbai, I wasn't aware and the kind of houses she was showing me, like they were the kind of houses that, you know, uh, the Hera Ferry trio move after, you know, in Hera Ferry when they, you know when they have so when they have been cheated on by their uh, by that Anuradha, okay the kind of house that they move into she showed me one such house near juhu that she said even though you'll be living in juhu you're living where amita is living but this kind of a house is the one that you can afford here okay and this was kind of an eye-opener and the first uh, couple of weeks were you know both uh, concerning because i had to at the same point of time i wanted to create an impression that I'm in Wildcraft, I want to create an impression on my management. I want to, you know, quickly take the handover from the person who is leaving. Okay, I'm all new to the city. I also want to find a house for myself, right? And I didn't know anyone. So kind of, it, it was kind of an anxious two weeks. But thankfully, I found a house via the flat flatmates groups on Facebook. And once that part was uh, taken care of, I basically got into line. I realized that, okay, uh, May and June, sorry, June and July were the peak seasons for the brand in Mumbai and I had to be on top. Right. So uh, as I mentioned, my daily routine, you know, used to look like, you know, uh, Monday in the office and Tuesday to Saturday or Tuesday to Friday, whichever depending on the working days I was in the stores. And I, I even on Sundays, I sometimes visited the store, not for the whole day. So since I was living in a locality known as Santa Cruz East, so the Phoenix Market City Kurla store happened to be just two kilometers from there. So I would just go, you know, go there, casually have a look or just observe from a distance, uh, like how is, how are things going and everything, right. Uh, so, in fact, just uh, one fine Sunday, I just recall it. So, I was there to watch a movie uh, in the Phoenix Market City Kulla Mall. But I didn't go to my store. I just silently observed it from a distance. So, even though it was a good business day for the store in the month of August, but the kind of footfall that was there in the store, it was like uh, in the mall. I'm so sorry. Like, literally, there were queues outside the mall to enter. It was such kind of a Sunday there. Okay. And when I got, when I got, reached there and I observed, I said, okay, this is business of with this the kind of footfall that I had gathered, so obviously the conversion wasn't up to the mark. So when I reviewed my store the next day on Monday, so I basically, you know, took this up with them that I <laughs> to even though you have done good numbers, but there was plenty of scope to improve upon, right? So these kind of, you know, obviously whenever you are on the floor or whenever you just visit, these kind of factors obviously affect. So these kind of things, obviously they can't be done, you know, sitting in a cubicle or sitting just, you know, I'm going to strategy, I'm going to take decisions, right? All these, all this can't be done. So even the top brand managers, I know, you know, even they visit the market. There's nothing uh, that can't, uh, that can be done, you know, just sitting uh, in the office. So at Wildcraft, uh, I wasn't involved directly, but I had the, like an opportunity to just see how a new category was launched by the brand. So Wildcraft in the month, in November, 2019, ventured into the luggage category as a brand for the first time. Okay. So even though I wasn't directly involved, but I was sitting in the head office and I was seeing that what, what went into the launch of that category? That the brand manager who launched it, how he was listing the markets, how he was you know interacting with various stakeholders, how he was in, examining uh, competitor products, their margins, okay, and how what went into the launch of this category. So obviously this is a must do. Where well, I would just you know advise this to whoever is uh, you know uh, making a career out of in, in the sales and marketing field. That even though someday you aspire to be in marketing and someday you aspire to be working that cubicle, but you just, uh, you would want to get your hands dirty, even though it's not a aquisite. So I would just say, uh, so I was one of those guys who wanted to, you know, get into marketing, which I am presently right now, but I was like, I had made it clear to everyone in my company when the day had joined. So the thing was that uh, uh, when I mentioned, uh, when I mentioned that we had some sessions uh, earlier when I had just joined as a part of my induction, right? So we even had a session with the chief marketing officer of of India. Okay. So uh, during the session, he just told about uh, what kind of uh, marketing activations were being carried out by the brand. And at the end of, in, end of the session, he told that if you have any doubts, you can come back to me. Okay. Now I was uh, like a very enthusiastic guy and I believe in the philosophy that first impression is the last impression. So what I did was, I knew that ever I wanted to get into marketing in this company, I want to create a solid impression on this guy. Right. So what I did was, I stayed up till like 2 o'clock at that one, uh, during that night. After the office that was done, and we had a small outing with the management trainees, I just uh, I worked on a presentation, basically covering the my analysis of the social channels of Wildcraft after that point of time, and what was the scope of improvement. And the next morning, I went to that guy, I, to the chief marketing officer, and I said, "Hello, sir. I'm uh, Yuraj. I was part of the induction yesterday. And I add, and add, as you had mentioned, if you have any zero suggestions, I've come back with suggestions. So I mailed him the PPT, and so I created a solid impression on him. So, on one fine day when I was in Mumbai, so this was about a month and a half later, uh, when I was having a call with this CMO with my boss, okay? So, the CMO directly said, Okay, so this is when I realized that, you know, that one, one trick that I played that had worked, okay? So, this is how basically, you know, people in the company knew that I wanted to be in marketing and obviously my boss also knew so my boss my first boss, uh, was kind of a mentor for me still is right so he knew what i had to do so at one point of time we had gone to visit one of our franchisee uh, prospective franchises in south bombay and to present a particular uh you know proposal to him and we were just coming back uh to you know to some bombay suburbs via that ceiling i remember this conversation very distinctly so what he said to bhi marketing to the Karna, i said yeah marketing karna. Okay. So then he said, you So I said that, you know, there is a prerequisite that you have to get your hands dirty. You have to understand the market and everything, right? So he said, uh, no, this is not, uh, uh, this is not the prerequisite. People have made that common notion that is a prerequisite, but trust me, it Okay. Even if you are in, starting off in marketing and you continue with your market visits, that, that, you know, uh, that is sufficient, right? So this is when I got an insight. Okay. Uh, that, uh, even though you're getting your hands dirty, but you still have to, you know, constantly work towards that goal that you have in your mind. And uh, so he gave this insight to me and that uh, helped to be helped. Sorry, that proved to be very, you know, helpful in the long run.
2: It's very interesting, you know, when you talk about when people say you can always get back for suggestions and uh, any help and you literally took an initiative and went back to CMO. That, that's really very insightful. Uh, Yuvraj. Uh, I want to talk specifically about 1S, which you mentioned about the staff. Usually yeah. this is something where people don't have too much conversation around. So yep. I'm sure uh, when you joined as a management trainee and then you got promoted to a manager, you must have certain reportees who must be well above your age, but yeah. of course, having a plethora of experience. So uh, how did you manage this uh, balance between a power and authority?
1: Yeah. So uh, when this journey started, in fact, this was one of the key factors that was, you know, uh, a key deliverable for me that even my boss and my super boss had this conversation with me that, you know, these retail guys, they have been in the uh, industry for about even 10 years. So people that were working under me had even 10 years of experience in retail. So, So some particular store managers, okay. And obviously some particular store assistants. as well. So when I was given this responsibility, so, indirectly, I was taking care of 29 such store managers and assistants. So, uh, 10 store managers and 90 store assistants. So, this is, this was a breakdown. And I had to make sure that when I was interacting with them, right? So, I had to be very careful that I was not acting all bossy. Because, you know, the popular perception is that MBA, MBA hai, MBA ke hai, and everything is But getting into that, uh, you know, thing, getting into those day-to-day things with them, okay? So if I was just, you know, not visiting the store, I was just sitting out of my office and I was just dictating terms, WhatsApp, a message, I'm just calling them, they wouldn't respect me. First, I have to build that trust and respect. So how I built that trust was when I was spending a good amount of time with them on the floor, okay? Uh, so I was learning from them about uh, how, what is selling or what is not selling, what kind of, you know, uh, what, basically what their retail, retail experience of these several years has taught them, what the customers feel about our products, what are their suggestions, and then they were learning from me. There were, uh, they were star- store assistants, you know, who was who were not well-versed with Excel, who, you know, weren't aware of analysis, like, you know, basic analysis, like we look up or paper table or anything, right? They were learning from me, okay? Once I built this trust, in fact, then I had to, you know, just uh, get into conversations with them uh, and uh, basically understand if someone is not doing well, then what is the reason? Like, uh, what is the, how to motivate, how to keep them motivated. So, in fact, I was just watching a very uh, recent interview of Mr. Ms Dhoni, who I really look up to as a key leader, right? Uh, He's one of the best leaders that I look up to. So he was just mentioning, right? uh, Whenever he, whenever uh, his team, be it, you know, the Indian cricket team or the Chinese super kings, whenever they are in a hotel, he tells his teammates that his room, you know, even in a non-COVID scenario, obviously, his room is always open. That whenever there is some kind of an apprehension one of his teammates has, they can just directly walk up to him and you know uh, this uh, just uh, discuss their apprehensions or their concerns or their feedback with him, right? Because what he mentions is that this is how he can understand his manpower. So uh, how I carried out this was that, uh, if someone is not doing well, okay. So how we did was that uh, whenever someone is punching a bill, okay, this was done at Valkrav, Whenever someone was punching a bill, the store staff's ID had to be entered there so that people knew he, banda ye wala sale laya hai, okay? So that that percentage of sale could be attributed to him, and obviously this is how he or uh, her, uh, she or he would you know receive their incentive, okay? So we obviously had a dashboard. If uh, suppose as Bandra, में fifty thousand sale hua hai. so this okay, person A has bought uh, ten thousand, person B has bought uh, twenty thousand, C hasn't bought anything. Okay, so if there was a certain concerned manpower at a store, you had to have some conversation with them. Okay, what is not motivating you? Whether it is a salary issue or are you expecting something else? You had to, you know, build this informal, uh, just, uh, informal bond with them because at the end of the day, I believe, you know, uh, we are human beings and we are not just human resources, right? So at the end of the day, we are human beings and to bring the best out of your people, you have to, you know, just speak to them on a one-on-one level, understand, as the most recent example we have seen, the family man, right, don't be a minimum guy. When that person just uh, saw Mr. Manoj Vashpayee, you know, in a, having a bad day, he could have easily taken that approach, right, okay, what is wrong? Tell me, you come to my cabin and discuss what is wrong with what is happening to you, rather than, you know, just insulting him that your yeah, job to Mr. and everything, right, he could have taken an alternative approach. So, I believe that whenever you are building this kind of a, you know, equation with your Uh, subordinates and I've seen that you know this is a very common saying a very cliche term that people you know they don't leave uh, bad companies they leave bad bosses right whenever you are building such sort of an equation then you have to you know uh, just uh, take this forward but uh, the thing I observed was that uh, even though I had built a certain amount of equation with these people there was there was a fraud that had happened at one of my stores uh, in uh, Infinity Mallard in Mumbai so this uh, lady, in fact, she was one, the most experienced store manager. Okay. Uh, she was working with Wildcub for like six years now. And she had been with Levi's earlier for about four years. So in fact, in retail, she had 10 years of work X. And even I trusted her a lot. But she broke our trust. In fact, she broke the entire brand's trust. So she was such a kind of a store manager that even the founder of the company sitting in Bangalore knew about. Okay. Even he knew her. She was such a respected lady and i also learned a lot from her when i used to visit that store i always interact with her but turns out she had done some kind of fraud. okay so uh, that also gave me a lesson that while you are building this sort of an equation while but in at the end of the day you are in charge of the business you are directly in charge of what money is inside the store and god forbid if some kind of fraud is happening with that uh, money coming inside the store then it is for responsibility so while building that equation while building that trust, while building that, you know, informal, uh, equation uh, with uh, your subordinates, but you'll also have to be very careful that they don't take you for granted and they, you know, uh, just, uh, uh, just uh, subscribe to the ethics of the business.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah. so you, um, as you said, like a large part of, um, your stint at Wildcraft involved, you know, around, uh, revolved around, um, stores and managing these stores, you know, activities that are being done in these stores. So, um, if I would just say, um, what would be the behind the scenes of launching a store, let's say, in, in a country like India? Like, um, how do you launch a retail outlet? Let's say, how do you narrow down on a location and other aspects of that? And as a manager, you know, when, when you are taking charge of a store, or probably when you are responsible for a retail outlet in any city, like, w- what are the KPIs or what are the KRAs that, uh, you know, you have to look after? A store so if we just briefly you know uh, elaborate on these two topics
1: yeah so the discussion that uh, so the question that you have presented is a very good one Arithya. and the key uh, you know the variables will vary from brand to brand but i would just you know keep some common factors that most brands would look after so i had the opportunity of uh, uh, establishing wild first retail presence first exclusive retail, uh, retail presence in south bombay based out of parel okay so in fact, uh, if the uh, listeners would just recall, I'd just spoken about me and my boss listing a particular uh, party for a franchisee, right? Uh, in South Bombay. So turns out that party wasn't interested for a franchisee. So he was interested in leasing out his uh, property for a retail store, okay? So this is how this store came about, okay? So the thing was that, uh, first of all, why we like this location, okay? Uh, why we like this location was, it was a very lively location. There was constant footfall. Okay, so this, so those of us in Mumbai, they would be aware of the Elphinstone station that is there in South Bombay near Parel. So, Elphinstone station uh, said so this was at a walking distance, hardly like 600, 700 meters. So, there was always constant footfall there. Like in the evenings, I mean, in Hindi, so this is one of the primary. Uh, primary identifier of a good location whether you are seeing good enough footfall or not the same would, so this was a high street store, it, was, it wasn't a mall store but again, coming to mall stores again, this would be one of your first criterion whether the mall in general is doing well or not, okay, so before opening uh, obviously, so if they can be two, you know, there can be two situations, first of all you are opening a store in a brand new mall, khul and you have taken a space there, okay and the second is that you are opening in an already existing mall okay so in the first scenario uh, if there is a brand new mall then obviously uh, you would just speak to those uh, you know the mall management who is offering you that space what kind of promises are they you know what kind of sales are they promising what kind of forecast do they have what kind of footfall are they expecting and you would also you know just have a word with other brands who are taking spaces in that uh, area just to identify whether this is going to be a worthwhile investment or not okay Uh, coming to the second scenario when you are uh, taking a space, say, you know, in a already established mall, you just got a space. Okay. So when you are getting a space, obviously someone has moved out of there. You're taking a space that has been vacated by some brand. Okay. Why did the brand vacate that? So obviously, while taking the space, you would need to speak to the brand who has just left. What is their feedback of this particular location? Okay. So in a mall, also, even though a mall is doing well, there can be certain locations that they can be at the fag end or not accessible that can see low footfall and brands do exit those locations okay so you would just need to get in touch with that particular brand the retail manager for that brand or the retail store staff and understand why what was happening that brand and why are they exiting okay so it could be that uh, the rent to revenue ratio which which basically should be ideally four is to one so ideally if for rentals say uh, 100 rupees your revenue should be 400 rupees so this is the ideal rent to revenue ratio with target. so it could be that that particular brand was having an ASP which could be less than your brand so it wasn't able to cover that rent which they were paying so that is why they are leaving or the other uh, ratio the other issue could be that they weren't the kind of brand they were they weren't getting that kind of footfall so if they were a travel brand but uh, people weren't coming for travel some other good competitors are there they're going there and they're not coming once you've analyzed these factors you would uh, then decide the rent okay go into the rent as i mentioned that rent uh, to revenue ratio ideally should be four is to one. Sorry, one is to four, if I'm taking rent to revenue. So one is to four should be your rent to revenue ratio. So once you get into profitability, okay. So once uh, ideally w- the main aim of opening the store obviously is revenue expansion, but at the same time it has to be profitable as well. And the key part of the expense, the major chunk of the expense related to a retail store is the rent. So what kind of rent are you negotiating at? What kind of rent are your you know, your peers paying around your uh, the space that you are taking? Okay, and is, is it uh, is the kind of rent you're paying, will it be profitable for you or not? Because that whole uh, your revenue forecasting has to happen, right? What kind of, uh, uh, basically. And then the whole profitability working has to happen because when you're opening a retail store, you are obviously taking a space, then you are placing your own fixtures. So once you have taken a space, you have to make it a branded store, right? So if I speak of Wildcraft, you had to have your, you know, that signage had to be there outside the store, the shop board okay which is which obviously which has to be lit uh, during the night time as well then there has to be your internal fixtures inside the store where the stock would be displayed the community wall as i mentioned highlighting trek places your billing desk your uh, information technology your system and everything would be there okay so all these are assets and assets do depreciate right so you will have to uh, take into account this depreciation factor as well and what kind of uh, uh, you know return on investment am i looking at from this retail store okay Then, uh, so I spoke about the location, I've spoken about the rent. Now I would like to speak about what kind of uh, business are my other brands doing in the area. Okay. So the thing was that when we opened the store in Parel, so we already had some general trade counters there. Okay. So uh, just near the store, there were some multi-branded outlets for the uh, the general trade uh, sector, which were already selling our products. And since my boss, my manager, who was already taking care of the general trade sector as well, in this particular area so he knew that my customer was already visiting this location so once the wealth of customer is already visiting this location he would be happy to buy the product from a official company outlet rather than a general trade store if we could provide them the brand experience right if we could provide them the, uh, the the brand experience to the next level they would and uh, once we provide that, uh, that uh, experience to them they could easily be turned into repeat customers okay so the thing was that, uh, but there was a catch here. So once I mentioned that uh, already some general counters were there, but this whole market at a stretch, right? This whole market is known as the Ambedkar street in Parel. This was whole a discounted market. This wasn't the full price market. Okay, so all other brands like Puma, Skechers, Adidas, they were all had factory outlets. And Wildcraft till now, they hadn't had a factory outlet outside of Bangalore. They just had one factory outlet in electronic city, which happens to be a familiar place for us. But uh, that was about it. We didn't have any other factory outlet. So the special proposal had to be floated to the top management that we believe in the store, that, that we believe in this market. And so we, we finally convinced them that this wouldn't be a factory outlet. They didn't uh, get convinced for that because at that point of time, brand walker was very wary of discounts. They, you know, They didn't want to be known as a discounted brand like some brands out there in the market are presenting on today. So they agreed upon the concept of an A plus B store, okay? We'll be selling our A merchandise at full price, So and but B merchandise also would be sold, okay? So the IQ, which I mentioned earlier, the indent quantity of the store was made in such a way that at any given point of time, it would have 30% of fresh stock, which would be sold at MRP, and it would have 70% of uh, your old-season merchandise, your uh, discounted merchandise, that would be sold at a discount of, say, 20% to 60%, okay? And obviously, when I had to compete in this market, all the other brands were selling at uh, this uh, uh, discounted prices. And outside every store, there was full there were full-fledged banners of up to 50% off, up to 60% off, right? And I had to plan my uh, visual communication in the store in such a manner that I had to you know survive them. So what we did was, we again had to take a special approval from the top management in the head office for an up to 50% off or up to 60% off uh, this uh, uh, signage right outside the store, okay? So that when the customer is just passing through that lane, he's seeing that all other brands are at 60% off. So, Wildcraft should be at, you know, up to 50 or up to 60% off as well. So, even though inside the store, same, I'm just saying about 5 to 10% of my merchandise a 60, but it still is at 60, right? So, that has to be the catch. Once I have, you know, uh, brought them to my retail store, it was very important for me to you know segregate that merchandise so we introduced something known as in store tags here so it was very the merchandise was segregated in such a way that the discounted and the fresh stock were clearly segregated okay and even when the discounted merchandise was segregated it had those uh, in store tags on them whether it was a 20% off or whether it was a 30% 40% or 50% right so this these were the factors that went into so first of all in fact i was uh, if i were to just sum it up First of all, the location, okay, how is the location performing, how are your, what is the footfall, what is the expected footfall, and whether the footfall is appropriate, uh, is an appropriate TG for your brand or not, okay. Secondly, uh, the rent, okay, what what uh, kind of an ideal rent to revenue ratio can you, you know, forecast from here, okay. And thirdly, uh, your, uh, this, uh, the kind of uh, uh, merchandise that we are targeting, right, uh, whether what will be the nature of my store, whether it will be a full price store or whether it will be what kind of a market are we present in because we'll have to adapt to that market.
2: Interesting Yuraj. I mean this really sums up uh, what all all things which as a manager you definitely need to look forward to. Uh, Yuraj coming to all the aspirants who are looking forward to making career in the retail I'm sure looking back you must have thought that probably this is something I could have learned better or I could have spent more time during my B school. And while working with different uh, store managers, different stakeholders for the company, you must have realized, okay, this is the skill I would have worked back in the past. So uh, do you think uh, there's anything specific going back you could have done? Or in a way, do you have any recommendations for the aspirants who who want to work into this dynamic retail space?
1: Yeah, so even though uh, we are coming to an MBA, we we come up with an expectation, right, that we'll be taking up the specialization and I want to just, you know, be uh, uh, familiar with that specialization, okay. But there is a reason uh, that, uh, in fact, in our e-school, the first year is kept as general, right, where we learn the aspects of all specializations and then in the second year, we go to our desired specialization. So the reason for that is no matter which specialization you opt for and accordingly the job that you will land, But in your day-to-day workings, you'll have to use all specializations, all India specializations, they come into the picture. Okay. So for example, in my uh, retail uh, experience, obviously sales and marketing was obviously there in the picture that we've spoken about, but HR, like such a crucial aspect of managing these people, how to keep them motivated where obviously your organizational behavior lectures they come into the picture right hr comes into the picture obviously finance now i was a kind of a guy who used to dread finance during my b school i was like just get done with this and just proceed to the second year okay i was that person but when i just you know entered the uh, space i realized okay so Matlab, this i have to be aware of because otherwise because at the end of the day uh so b school uh, management graduates you Whatever role you will uh, transition to, or you will begin to uh, begin from, at the end of the day, you will be responsible for profitability. Right? You have you'll have to own a certain even as you know we have that purple perce- uh, perception that we'll be brand managers, we'll be making advertisements, we'll be doing creative stuff. But at the end of the day, you will be responsible for a certain roles worth of business, right? And whether that business is you know profitable or not, because that will eventually decide its uh, continuity, right? So knowing the uh, basics of cash flow, knowing how profitability works, how other th- uh, things work, you uh, this is where finance comes into play. Okay, then operations, supply chain is such a crucial aspect of you know both retail and e-commerce, which I'm presently working right now. So as I mentioned, the third S, right, stock of retail. Stock is like a key component of my retail store what kind of indent quantity has been set, okay? what How to, you know, just focus uh, the stock based on the sales that I'm having, what kind of indent quantity I'm planning, right? <clears throat> and when it comes to, so uh, we haven't spoken about Omni channel as of now, but as we say, most brands, most retail brands have gone Omni channel due to the COVID uh, situation that we are in and uh, your web orders are now being fulfilled from stores as we speak, okay? So now when these orders are being fulfilled from stores, there have to be certain metrics right how much time are these stores taking the to fulfill the order what kind of packaging are the uh, orders being fulfilled in uh, is that packaging good enough is it you know in line with my brand what kind of tat is the order reaching my customer in okay what kind of returns am i getting what kind of exchanges am i getting whether the business is sustainable or not so all these things uh, you know they come into the operations uh, part right so uh, just a key word of advice to anyone who's, you know, who even if someone is an MBA student or is about uh, to begin their first jobs that even though we have mastered a specialization, but we have to use and be thorough with all other specializations, whatever we have started, because uh, this is uh, because at the end of the day, we are taking care of a business and all these things come into the picture. So, in fact, I would like to, you know, just highlight a very crucial aspect of a family business, right? So, I have some friends who did their, their MBA and they are into family businesses now. They had no intention of taking up a placement. So, how uh, traditional family businesses in Marwadi's or Gujarati's work is that a person is put into all functions one by one. Okay, so even though owner they have been sent to their factory, they have been sent to their factory to, you know, spend some time at the factory to understand the basics of their business what is happening at the factory and then they will they were made uh, they were made to spend some time with the accounts department with the hr department so this is why exactly because if you are in charge of a business you are basically managing all other aspects of it as well so but this is one thing i believe that you know uh, i could have interacted more, more with my seniors uh, who were out there in the industry and took charge of this fact that uh, the kind of you know uh, Uh, opportunities that other specializations provide I should have taken it up but I made it a point that when I stepped into the corporate world I worked you know extensively uh, towards it that uh, I you know subscribed to these uh, concepts so I read about them online I got a learning on the job I spoke to my seniors at work so that uh, I was up and running when it came to these concepts
0: um you one question that I had uh, you know um The first job out of uh, B-school, right? Um, After that, uh, everyone wishes to transition into various different roles um, going down the lane, right? So career switch is um, something that is there in the head of every uh, management grad who gets out. You know, everyone is just thinking about their career succession, how things are going to be, and people plan for that, right? So um, as you have recently, you know, switched from Wildcraft to um, Reliance, right? So um, I just wanted to ask um, if if there is something that, um, you know, people should focus on as far as um, a career switch is concerned, something that can help someone to, you know, uh, change their paths. So you started um, with your sales and marketing stint um, with Wildcraft and then you have transitioned into, you know, digital and more of a e-commerce role and now you are looking for, um um, the marketing role towards in, in Reliance, you know, working on premium brands, right? So you have transitioned from that particular role to a different role. So something that has helped you to, you know, make this transition, or if, if at all, someone is willing to make a career switch from, from a particular domain to another particular domain, how should one handle that? And, um, you know, what can be done regarding that? Yeah. Uh, so, uh,
1: I'll speak about my experience which I had. So this was first an internal transition and then an external transition eventually from Wildcraft. So as I mentioned, right, that uh, like every, you know, B-school graduate that I had this aspiration to be in marketing. So uh, this was a goal for me uh, personally. And uh, so I worked constantly towards it. So as I highlighted one instance earlier that I wanted to create an impression on my CMO, right? So kind the kind of an organization that Wildcraft was, that also obviously helped me because people were approachable, right? people were obviously very approachable. It was a very, you know, uh, flat structured organization. One can easily walk up to the founder and give give him their their suggestions as well. So that I was fortunate enough to be in such an organization that was of this scale and that had this kind of a flat structure and that was open and transparent. So uh, once I created that uh, impression, I wanted to keep that going, right? So, and I made it very clear. So first of all is that, you know, he, I'd like to highlight one very, uh, since I'm a sports fan, I like to highlight one very uh, recent incident. Here, so when Novak Djokovic won the French Open very recently, right? He, uh, in fact, if some people would have watched, he gave his winning racket to one of the fans, that one of the boys who had been cheering him, right? And then on Twitter, this came about that uh, Djokovic didn't give the racket to that uh, small, bird, to that little boy by himself, since that boy was positioned at such a place in the crowd. He basically said, "Djokovic, could you please give me the racket?" And he obliged, right? So basically, what happens is people they don't ask they make certain assumptions are, right so the first thing is ask if you have a certain uh, you know ask for yourself if you see yourself in a certain space make it very clear to the people that you with and show them that you are going right so this was my just uh, uh, starting because uh, in in my b school I was a part of the public relations and media committee right so uh, I knew that I was a very good I was very good in social media I had uh, uh, I had this kind of an image in my b-school that if anyone had any query related to social media, they would come up to me. But once I entered the corporate world, I realized I realized that if I had to, you know, uh, uh, take that uh, uh, transition to marketing, social media was not just it. It was one very small part of the digital space, right? So I uh, made it a point to create an impression when it came to social media in my first year at Wirecraft. So since this is what I knew at that point of time, I'll be very frank. So when it came to the social media activities of Wildcraft, I made it a point to uh, text my marketing team that this is what I observed, this is a very good job done by you, but uh, this is what I feel we can do. Or I mean, uh, messaged my CMO also at uh, some point of time, even though I didn't uh, receive a response from him, uh, uh, busy guy, but again, that message was lying somewhere in his WhatsApp, right? So creating that impression, you know, whatever passion I had for social media, and then obviously delivering well on my current job let's not forget that because people will consider you worthy only if you know you are doing well in your control and then they will see you that okay ye bhi de denge, to ye bhi kar lega, I'm sure because he has done well in his control okay so this is how I got the opportunity so when I had spent around eight to nine months in Mumbai I got the opportunity to uh, transition to Bangalore so I had told them that uh, Mumbai is kind of an uh, uh, is a location for me that I'm looking only for a training period but uh, when i would you know want to work in the long term for with this organization i would be like to be positioned out of bangalore out of the head office okay so they listened to me uh, since i had done well in my first stint BHR had a conversation with me in the month of november 2018 if i remember correctly and i was told that in two months uh, two sorry two weeks time i was being moved to bangalore okay in the central um, uh, marketing and operations role for retail so obviously this was uh, the first switch that internal switch i had and uh, i had to prove myself because again we spoke about you know store executives or store assistants managers having tons of experience in retail then i had to you know strike a equation with them but now when i was moving to the central role i was in fact managing the arson who used to take a reporting from me okay so this was kind of a very comical scenario in fact other management trainers had a good laugh about it so even though he wasn't reporting into me uh, this was uh, let's not mistake it for that. But the, this guy who used to take a reporting from me indirectly that okay what is happening in Mumbai since he was responsible for West. Now I had to go in a central role and I had to take the day-to-day proceedings of the West region from him. Okay, so this was the kind of uh, situation that was again it was a challenge because I spoke to my boss as well who was the head of retail now had uh, to Strike equation with him and he, this is the first thing he told me that up to ye ulta ho so now you will have to build that uh, interest, uh, trust more and just uh, be supportive to these guys and uh, you know just uh, ensure and win their trust that you are sitting in the head office and you are here basically to support them whatever uh, you know whatever is required for their reasons and everything again so uh, once this was uh, done so uh, this role went uh, smoothly in the month in the year of 2019 so i started in december 2018 it went on till december 2019 again uh, so at wildcraft what happens is uh, they do have uh, their uh, meetings with management trainees to just analyze how you know how the first six months have gone by how the first year has gone by and in every meeting i had made it clear to them that i see myself as you know somewhere in the marketing department so uh, this uh, this meeting that i had with my uh, national sales head who had recruited me basically from sibm uh, in the month of april 2019 he told that you are doing well in your control stick around, we'll definitely give you marketing next year. He basically Tony, and he kept his word, okay. And he kept his word. So what happened was that in the month of September, 2019, I uh, stumbled upon this course. So from uh, my kind of grad in digital marketing that was being offered. And it was quite a, a, a comprehensive course around a nine month duration with a couple of specializations included. So if one decides to pursue all specializations, it would be 12 months, okay. So, I evaluated the cost, I evaluated the risk, and I decided to go ahead with it after having some conversations with my uh, peers in Micah, who I knew some people there. And I also, while, you know, keeping my Wildcraft Management also updated with it. So, even though the company wasn't financing this course, I was personally financing it, but they knew that, you know, you're rather this this. So, I started this in September 2019, and October 2019, I had gone home for Diwali. When I came back uh, to Bangalore from after Diwali, and Monday morning it was in the office, and my national sales head was just sitting there uh, on the second floor. So I had come early to the office, only a couple of us were there on the whole floor. So he uh, told zara me, mein So he said that, okay, uh, as I promised, now we are giving you marketing. Okay. So this is how the uh, internship came about. So I had like a couple of months or a month and a half for that transition. So for that, a new person to be hired for my present role and then for me to move to the marketing department. So this is how it came about. And I would just like to highlight that two key things worked there. First of all, making your demands very clear. Okay. And then second thing is uh, performing well on your current job. So proving yourself and then uh, taking that initiative, which I took to, you know, portray your serious interest to to an extent that I was spending a good chunk of money for some additional upskilling, right? Uh, From... uh, uh, via this uh, my and Upgrad course. So this, this uh, you know, uh, expressed my c- uh, serious intent over there and the tension came out. Okay. So having that kind of an equation with your seniors at work, so even though I would say that in an offline scenario, it works very well. So even when I'm in my news job right now, the time, uh, I'm working out of home and I haven't been able to start that equation, which ideally I should have because I'm not, you know, I don't have that opportunity because I'm sitting sitting at home, I'm working, and I'm not able to you know, bond with uh, the other people, say of other brands and all the other stakeholders, that the obviously the offline opportunity would have provided me. But uh, if I believe the current MBA batch who would be listening to me, by the time they would have graduated, I'm sure we would be back to offices by then, right? So just take advantage of this uh, whole office factor uh, that interact with your peers, create that impression, and you know, just to bond with other people, the people that matter. So when this transition came about in December 2019, I just uh, just joined. I was understanding the basics of the e-commerce business for Wildcraft, the D two C e-commerce business, which was Wildcraft.com. I was understanding how SEO and SEM they are working, how social media is working. Uh, so first uh, month and a half was just about this, and then the pandemic struck us. Okay, so the pandemic uh, when it struck us, so that uh, as for all businesses, right? It it was watershed moment for digital transformation. Uh, when this uh, struck us, so this was uh, like a golden opportunity for our uh, organization Parker, to mention masks which was a very innovative call taken by the company and it uh, brought to light uh, the, the first ever ATL campaign which was Haitha home, which uh, presented the opportunity for me to, you know, just uh, to get involved and to execute this uh, ATL campaign entirely on digital media. So this is how I consider myself to be, to be very fortunate that I transitioned to this just before the pandemic and it gave me an opportunity to, you know, excel. Uh, during the past year uh, thanks to COVID, whatever situation that was upon us and then make that transition from uh, from Wildcuff to say a reliance brands where again I'm directly now in charge of the D2C business of uh, Steam uh, which is Steam Madden.in and again the entire marketing for the brand uh, whether be it online on RGO or Tata Kik, or Steam or our own details
2: Interesting Yuraj you know you really gave in a lot of insightful uh, advices for people who want to switch their careers uh yuvraj before letting you go you know you want to quickly engage in a fun q a and sure. uh we would like to you to be as candid as possible yeah uh, okay uh yuvraj, tomorrow you have a magic lamp and the genie comes in what are three things you will be asking for of course you cannot ask for world peace and you know hunger prevention
1: <laughs> okay. First of all, I would just ask for all of us to be free of COVID, because uh, I believe all of us are just fed up of this right now, and we're just reading the predictions about the third wave, and it's just you know very depressing. I believe. First of all, all of us to be free of COVID, totally. Uh, secondly, I would ask for is a, a ticket to Wimbledon every year for myself. Okay, to attend Wimbledon every year since that is a dream for me, and uh, it's a key driving force in my life to some some someday visit that. And third, I would obviously ask for, you know, the, uh, what I would say, a good amount of, uh, what am I saying here? Uh, I think, I think I, I, I
2: should, I should have asked just for money. Money doesn't sound, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Ha, ha>,
1: so <laughs> I was coming to that. I was trying to put it in a politically <laughs> correct way. Ha, I was trying to put it in a politically correct way. Yeah. Money, a good amount of money that, uh, covers us uh, for the rest of our lives, but that uh, was my family. But, uh, you know, also keeps us motivated to, you know, just uh, work towards whatever we want to. Uh, at the same time, it gets us covered where it has, you know, there is something to go back upon us. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Uh, Yura, what is the trend you hated the most yeah. on social media?
1: Binot. Uh, like it, <laughs> uh, it didn't, you know, even take me a second to think about this. Like, it was the most ridiculous thing. Like, and the, the most ridiculous thing was that so whenever such moment marketing trends, you know, they come into the picture, brands just latch onto them without having any thought of, you know, uh, just whether it goes well in with your brand or not. And binod was something like most random thing. I mean, yeah. like a video for someone has commented binode, and yeah. people have gone crazy, like they have gone berserk. Like it was like, obviously, we, uh, this was sometime last year, I believe in month of July or August and we were fed up of uh, the lockdown. We were in uh, indoors. Obviously, people are affected, but still, this is the most serious thing. Like, yeah, Vinod, Bo Vinod. So, even at Wildcraft, so I was taking care of the uh, Twitter account at that point of time. So, I thought, toh, I thought that it very ridiculous. Hai. Like, first week, I was like, nahin karna, nahin karna. then my boss said, kuch kar lete hai, kya karna. So, I thought, okay, so I tweeted something uh, on the lines of, Looks like Vinod is going everywhere. We hope that he is wearing a mask. Okay, so, okay, so this was something like, you know, in uh, sync with our mission, but the thing about mobile marketing, what I observe is that if uh, it doesn't you know, necessarily mean that you know you have to just do everything that comes into whatever, whatever is trending but if something is genuinely, uh, in sync with the brand do it. I believe the one that I called it recently with the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo incident, the whole uh, Coke thing, I believe that was the best one I've ever seen. So this was done by an agency called uh, Shipbang, which uh, they are a very creative um, uh, chunk of people and I recommend that you follow them on Instagram. I personally do. And they are a very creative bunch of guys. And fabicall we all look up to. They come up with these innovative uh, stuff. But uh, this was, I believe, you know, they just took the cake. Here.
2: Interesting, Viraj. We kind of share uh, more or less the same hated and most loved uh, moment, marketing moment. Juraj, uh, what is your favorite corporate jargon?
1: Favorite corporate jargon? It depends. It depends. <laughs> That's, yeah. I think, favorite for MBA
2: students, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, so this was highlighted to us by one of our professors, I don't know if you have the previous to be taught by him, Mr. Harishankar Mullidharan, if you have yeah. the, huh? So Mr. Yeah. Harishankar yeah. Mullidharan, he was, I believe, teaching the CSR in the first semester. So even though he was teaching the CSR, but he just, uh, uh, like I'm speaking about my experiences right now, in the first lecture he was speaking about his experiences of this campus to uh, corporate transition and when as a management trainee he was uh, he was one of the board meetings okay on his first day he was directly in a board meeting with one of the FMCG managers of the country and the one of the top executive guys he asked him he was speaking about a problem and he uh, presented he directly asked him okay mr fresh mba what do you think on it and he said it depends <laughs> okay so yeah. i believe that uh to, just to be a, have a safe answer uh given the times that we are in country that we are working out of home uh the thing is that uh, the favorite jargon right now for everyone is i have a hard stop at say two o'clock i have a hard stop at because it signifies that you are a little busy right so this is the one (laughs) and the thing is that even though you know the thing that amazes me is that even though these jargons they are common across all companies somehow you know they are they have been in the corporate space for all these years that people across companies know them so i thought that hard stop wouldn't be such a common word, but turns out all the memes that I've seen around this—it's all that common across.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Ivraj, for being so candid and sharing so many insightful stories. We, me and Aritya both, loved the way you shared your experiences. So many small, small insights you talked about—you know, from nitty-gritties of a, from a store front, from the people front, from the brand front—it it really has been very, very helpful.
1: Thank you so much, Iraj pleasures all mine and so it was a great uh, a good uh, thing on Sunday to do so I, to anyone listening uh, whatever stage of uh, their careers they are in right now I wish you all the best and you can feel free to connect with me on whatever social platform you'd like uh, take care stay safe and all the very best thank you
0: I hope uh, you guys liked this episode on the retail space of our country for listening to more such episodes uh, make sure you subscribe to MBA inside out and uh, spread the word across your friends and family as well. We have linked uh, Yuvraj's social media handles in the description box. Um, feel free to reach out to him. Until then, um, thank you so much for uh, tuning in on this episode. Uh, we'll catch you guys soon in the next episode. Stay safe and uh, have a great week ahead.